Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in Galatians. Paul begins by unashamedly declaring his authority. And he leaves off the usual greeting and complimentary remarks that he so typically begins with. And he declares his authority and then he goes straight to the problem. Starts with Paul, an apostle not commissioned and sent from men nor through the agency of men, but through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and God, the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a sacrifice to atone for our sins, to save and sanctify us, so that he might rescue us from this present evil age in accordance with the will and purpose and plan of our God and Father. To him be ascribed all the glory through ages, the ages of the ages. Amen. Now first Paul establishes his authority is from Christ, not from some man or even from Jerusalem. And then he names Christ as the Savior from sin. But he says also this, he's the Savior from sin and from this present evil age, which is not about the time period. It's not about the era. It's about evil philosophy, societal corruption, the deception of wickedness of the age. And of course, it includes man-centered religion. Now, we need an active salvation and the active salvation of Christ's life to save us from the corruption of the world and the flesh. And that's what he's talking about. See, he's approaching these Galatians who have been corrupted by these false teachers who've twisted their perception of who he is and who God is and of the work of Christ. And he says, you need salvation. Now, does that mean that they need to get saved again? No. They need the saving work of Christ, Christ as life, to deliver them from the deception that they've embraced. It is his life in us that delivers us from the ongoing onslaught of wickedness that is constantly being put upon us. The Galatians were responding to these false teachers. They were embracing what they were talking about. And as I said, this is what I was talking about earlier. The enemy is relentless in his effort to move you away from the purity of your devotion to Christ. We see it confronting us in the media, in our schools, in our literature, and especially in our government. It comes down to choosing moment by moment to live in truth or choosing deception on some level that will grow in you like a cancer. That's what happens. 
So they walked away from their personal relationship with Jesus. It doesn't mean they lost their salvation. They just walked away from it. It means they walked away from the abundance of living in the relationship. They walked away from their created purpose to know Him, to be intimately acquainted with Him, to live a life that transcends the temporal and embraces the eternal, to see the marvel of His activity while living in communion with Him. They walked away from having abundant life and living it to the full. That is what they walked away from. Not from salvation, mind you, unto eternity, but salvation unto life. That's what they turned their back on. And at the end of verse 6, Paul writes that they had deserted Christ for a different or another gospel. Now, your translation probably says another gospel, which can be confusing because he uses that word again in the next verse. This is an interesting use of the Greek because the word that Paul uses there is heteros. It means another of a different kind. We get our word heterosexual from this Greek word, and it illustrates the relationship between two completely different genders. In the Greek, there are two words for the word another. The other word is used in the very next verse. And it is the Greek word elos. Elos, which means another of the same kind. So, let me clear that up for you. If I go and I buy a cup of coffee of a particular brand, and I don't like the way it tastes, I may ask for heteros, a different coffee of a different kind. You see? But if I like it, I may ask for an elos which is the same coffee again. <laughs> Hit me again. You see? That's the difference in the use of that word another. So, the gospel that the Galatians were switching to was not of the same kind. They were diametrically opposed. One is the truth from God, and the other is a lie from the enemy. They are not related. There's, it is not a matter of semantics. It is not a simple misunderstanding. It is blatantly a lie from the enemy or the word of God himself. Those, that's it, black and white. As one writer put it, the, it was no good news at all, which is what gospel means. Verse 6 and 7, they kind of look go together, so I'm going to read the whole thing. He says, I'm astonished and extremely irritated that you are so quickly shifting your allegiance and deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different, even contrary gospel, which is really not another gospel. But there are obviously some people masquerading as teachers who are disturbing and confusing you with a misleading counterfeit teaching and want to distort the gospel of Christ, twisting it into something which it absolutely is not. Now, do you think this is a matter of semantics? That's pretty clear that what these false teachers are teaching has no kinship to the truth whatsoever. So verse 7 reads, which is not another, not an alos, which is presented by people disguised as teachers who are disturbing you. Now, I'm going to point to the Greek once more. That word disturbing is terasso, and it means 
to confuse and cause a turmoil in the mind and emotions. What's he talking about there? Your soul. The enemy approaches your soul through your flesh. It means to confuse and cause a turmoil in the soul. So again, they're attacking the soul. These false teachers are not Christians. They are purposely seeking to deceive and distort the gospel of Christ. Now, how were these Galatians corrupted? By entertaining them, being willing to accept a man-centered gospel. This is not a problem that's going to go away. The enemy will send these people wherever the truth is being preached. In fact, it will increase as the days grow short. But the child of God has a guardian for his soul. 1 Peter 2.25 says, For you were continually wandering like so many sheep, but now you have come back to the shepherd and the guardian of your soul. Now, come back to. God is not in the business of protecting you from yourself to that degree when you chase after false doctrine. When you chase after what you know to be a lie. There is grace and mercy, yes. It probably is less as, as impactful for you than it would be for, say, someone else. It says here that Jesus will guard our souls with truth. Now, that's where he guards our soul with. You see, Jesus stands in the, in the spirit of his person at the center of who we are, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. And at that center, at the center of us, he can guard the soul as long as the soul makes the truth its focus. As long as the soul is yielded to his to his presence. That is why the Bible says in Ephesians 5. Be ye what? That's right. Does it say one time? Continuously filled. Why would that need to happen? Because you are continuously being sought after by the enemy. You are continuously being distracted by the things around you. You are continuously being attacked by the evil of the age. It doesn't stop. But we don't have to be afraid because the truth is within us and he is a guardian for our mind, will, and emotion. You know, I pray this all the time. Father, please balance my soul. I mean, you ever wake up and just feel like the world's on top of you? You ever do that? I know I may be the only one. But... You, you feel like everything's against you. You feel like everything looks dark and black. And I have to say, Father, be balanced to my soul. I'm going to a meeting and I'm kind of anxious about it because I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I have this trepidation within the center of me. And I have to say, Father, be balanced for my soul. Now, that means that I will have, he will walk into the center of it, and he will be a mooring for my emotions. He will be a mooring for my thoughts. He will be a mooring for a point of wisdom for my choices. 
and I am confessing before all of heaven, then I can't operate without it. I need a shepherd. Father, balance my soul. That's how he guards it. It's not like he steps out in front and takes all the bad guys on. No. That's not him marching back and forth with an M1. That's him saying, here I am, the truth. And the enemy cannot defeat it. It cannot defeat it. Because your focus is on him. You see, I use my wife. When your focus is on the Lord, the enemy doesn't have a voice. And if he has one, it's one you can ignore. He may be back there doing a lot of whistling. You don't have to turn. You don't have to look. You can declare the truth, walk away, and there's not a whole lot they can say about it because the truth is the truth, and they got no voice. I learned that this week. They got illustrates all the time. <laughs> no, that's not a good model for marriage. <clears throat> I'll have to repent. Okay. Now he says, he will guard our souls. He also says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person. And of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God is active in us. Now, that doesn't mean you've memorized enough Scripture that, you know, you got some activity going on. Because if that were the case, I'd be in big trouble. No. What that means is that the presence of Christ within me is active and the Spirit of God will separate the lies and the deceptions from the truth no matter how deeply embedded they may be. He will. I don't care where you came from, what you've been into, what you've been embraced. If Jesus is at the center of your life, like a sword, He can cut away every distortion is the God that healeth you and pulling disease from the center of your soul is a healing and he has done it verse 8 and 9 but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we originally preached to you let him be condemned to destruction well I sound like an old bible thumper there As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel different from that which you receive from us, let him be condemned to destruction. Again, whose word is that? It's God's word. Now you guys need to think about that. This is not him just cherishing his word. This is him cherishing his word in you. This is him guarding his word in you. Let those who distort the gospel regardless of their origin be condemned. 
In your translation, you may see the word cursed. Now, that is the Greek word anathema. It is the strongest word you can use for a curse. Anathema. That means cursed of God. Cursed for destruction. Again, these are not believers. These are not believers. These false preachers and teachers are not believers who just have a misunderstanding. These are agents of evil, and he says very clearly, who are purposely looking to cast Christ down. That's their purpose. Now, over the years, we grow in understanding, or we expand in truth, and if we are, particularly if we're seeking to live in the truth. And the things that I believed about God early in my Christianity have changed dramatically. How about you? And I've even taught the wrong things. I'm not doing that anymore. But I have. I have taught the wrong things. Not because I had a heart to deceive, but because I was immature in those things. And this is not what Paul is referencing here. Peter writes about the rise of false prophets or teachers in the last days. In 2 Peter chapter 2, he writes, beginning, <clears throat> he says, But in those days, false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will suddenly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift de destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways, and because of them the way of truth will be maligned. And in their greed they will exploit you with false arguments and twisted doctrine. Their sentence of condemnation which God has past tense decreed from a time long ago is not idle, but is still in force, and their destruction and deepening misery is not asleep, but it's on its way. Now, guys, that's what's happening. They're not decreasing, they're increasing. Now, I want to tell you this, because these agents of evil are out there and they're ever-increasing, but we don't need to go out looking for the deceivers, okay? We need to keep our focus on the truth. We don't need to be looking, looking for those people. We need to keep our focus on the truth, and the, and the Christ life within you will make that clear for you. If you're passionate to know him, to live in communion with His Spirit, if you're seeking to expand in your love for Him and are obedient to His life, then these guys hold no danger for you. If you're passive and self-indulgent, if you enjoy being distracted by the things of this world, if you have an, uh, more affinity with the appetites of flesh than these things of the Spirit, then you're a prime candidate for deception. And then verse 10. Paul writes, Am I now trying to win the favor and approval of men or of God? <laughs> or am I seeking to please someone? I mean, if I were trying to be popular with men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Now, we know that these false teachers had been seeking to discredit Paul. But honestly, that's got to be the stupidest accusation of them all. 
I mean, you know something about his life. Really? Paul was persecuted everywhere he went. He endured more suffering at the hands of men than any other saint other than Christ himself. Yeah, he's really working on winning everybody's favor, isn't he? And you know what's interesting to me? He's working so hard to to win everybody's favor and everything's gone south, but he never stops to rethink his paradigm. At some point, if that was your goal, you would think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking this isn't work. Well, what, what made you think that? Well, the stripes on my back and uh, the shipwreck I just swam away from and uh, the stoning I got earlier. I'm beginning to think that uh, me and man, uh, it's just I'm not out, cut out to be popular. I'm made to preach and teach the truth. That is what I'm about. No teacher or preacher who is yielded to teach the truth is out to win the favor of man. Did you get that? No teacher or preacher who is yielded to truth is out to win the favor of man. Not that popularity is a sure sign of apostasy, but if you study the scripture, you will see that prophets of truth never retired well. Did they? You see, I'm not about offending anybody. I'm about allowing the ministry of Christ to embrace everybody, to exhibit his love. And in that, there is truth. I'm about bringing forward his word and his truth that Christians may understand what it is to walk in truth to live the Christian life, that they can walk according to their created purpose, that they can leave behind the days of lethargy and apathy towards Christianity, that they can leave behind the days of desperation trying to please a God they didn't know, that they can leave behind the days of license and self-indulgence that never satisfied. They can walk away from those things and know the abundance of the life that is within them because the path that God has made for you is not to be a trial. It is to be absolutely a blessing. The trial is judged by the flesh. The blessing is judged by the God within you. And that is His desire for you. That from moment by moment and Step by step, you are expanding into the supernatural truth that you are a child of God. Man, if we believe the Christian life is about being comfortable, we're in the wrong religion. If we believe the Christian life is about God protecting us so that we can be comfortable, we're in the wrong religion. If we believe that the Christian life is walking about with the power of God in union with our spirit in bodies of frail flesh that transcends the temporal. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. You are eternal. You have been made holy. You are healed in Christ. You possess every blessing that the Father set apart to bestow upon the Son and then bestowed it upon you through Christ Jesus your Lord. 
There's nothing you're going to encounter in this life that God did not already place the answer within you and upon you. The answer to all the accusations of the enemy, the accuser, is met in Christ Jesus. The failures, the guilt, are met in Christ Jesus. The weakness, even the distortion and deception that we once embraced, is met in Christ Jesus. And all of these things are sloughed off because they cannot attach themselves to this new creation who is bound in truth in union with Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the whole work, the completed work of Christ in us. Thank you, Lord, that the only thing that inhibits our joy is our unbelief. The only thing that inhibits our victory is our doubt. The only thing that inhibits life for us is defining life wrongly. That we have it all in Christ. And for that we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.